ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> really? The team is back! The dream team is in the house today. Welcome to the Corner Church. I don't even remember what we call this. Corner conversation behind the message. <laughs> today we're continuing our conversations on questions and topics. Today we bring up boundaries. We're guys. It's, we are all here. We are. This is a big group. This is wild. This is everybody that's in the pastor corner church pastor text message thread. Get out. Oh, yeah. All of it. The text message thread. That I live. Maybe this the text it message thread. Worse. You've responded a few times. There's no need. Everybody <laughs> <laughs> else does it. Did I don't you know. respond? I never respond in that group chat. Oh, did, I'm calling you, you out us? now. Did you block Please us? Do no, I haven't blocked you. But like, usually it's during staff meeting where I'm like, I'm not doing anything. Anytime. I next, just talk in whenever I want. Next time there's a message, my instant response is, "What do you think, Kim?" So Kim thoughts on that? <laughs> <laughs> I just where is Kim? Why doesn't she ever respond? To See, I no one noticed until now. So this is good. This is good. If we could hire some actors to read. The text message first. <laughs> oh, that was like, oh, yeah. Just kidding. Oh, the the copy shop group text. Ooh, that one's worse. <laughs> <laughs> Does anybody need? And then the other, like, that's 10%. And then the rest is like, no cups in Camden. <laughs> SOS! <laughs> Somebody <laughs> save me. Can we get uh, Josh Groban to sing? The text He's the big podcast guy. Okay. <laughs> 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 he has exited the building. He said he's a big podcast guy. Yeah, the big Seth Rogen. Jim Seth Rogen. Wait a second. What happened? Seth Rogen. Josh's younger brother. <laughs> How we use that group text because now it's just going to be to give some play by play. <laughs> Walking the cousins, you already do that. <laughs> I already get every we single play by play. I already get the play by play. Don't worry for you, Rachel. Like, I, you say everything you think. It sounds good. I do have a problem. I've thought about it, I'm thinking about it, but I can't do anything oh. about it. Is that I know that I should. Not just do single thought text messages. I apologize. <laughs> yeah, let's. I don't even like knowing no. everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, recording a podcast. Sorry. Oh, thank you. Shut down. Thanks for being Forty-five. We did. We podcasted last week, and it was where, just I, the oh, boys. Yeah. That's weird. Where was everyone? When did you even do it? Friday. Friday. Mm. In Northeast. Friday. That makes sense. Makes sense. That song pops immediately. Don't do that. Please don't. It's always going to happen. Greg, you're here. This is wild. You're here. I forgot. Wow. I forgot. 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 I
last week when I saw Greg for the first time, I got real emotional for a second because when he left, his first day gone was a Thursday. And then when he came back, his first day back was a Thursday. And it was just so wholesome. (laughs) It was so special. The Thursday Thursday part was emotional. Kim gave me a real hug for the first time. I ever. did. I gave him a real Aww. hug. I went in for the hug. It was a was, little scary. I was shocked. <laughs> I know. He goes, You're hugging me? <laughs> What's going on? Mm-hmm. Kind of scary. Uh, yeah. I mean, you. he told you that through the text message thread. You're hugging me? <laughs> Kim is. Oh, Kim is it wasn't, it wasn't a question, you. it was a period. You're hugging me, period. <laughs> oh, my word. Yeah. yeah, you're welcome. We've been in the questions. I love the hard transition. Yeah, Talk about boundaries, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. Some cool. tax boundaries we talked about. Uh, our so value. We've in this. We've been doing this series of questions or topics to be addressing and looking at, and trying to group them into some overarching topics. And this week we're looking at. There's a bunch of questions surrounding how to help, when to help, when not to help, how to not feel guilty about not helping, how to not kill yourself while helping, all these things. And so just, uh, no one, I don't think anybody used the word boundaries, but that just kind of comes as an overarching topic. And mm-hmm. um, and I think it, this is such a, I mean, we're a pretty raw group to talk about boundaries because we all have, I don't know, just because of our relationship with each other and our little bit of understanding of each other's capacity and dysfunctions and functions. <laughs> Uh, I know that you guys have no problem just bashing me on my boundary issues, and the, the feelings are mutual. Just mm-hmm. to let you know. <laughs> my favorite. But I think that for for me, so I'm on like if we we're all maybe we're all polarized, but in like for me, I can uh, if somebody. I'm gonna say this nicely or well. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's I'm just, so excited. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that uh, I know in myself that in isolation, I'm in, or just without real people that'll speak truth to me. Which thank you for you guys. I guess is that uh, you know I can run to a direction where I would think that you know everybody's so stupid because they don't do anything, and why isn't everybody? Do, do more, do more, do more. And that's, I, I've grown a lot in that, but I can feel without, in isolation, I would run back there. Mm-hmm. And so my boundary issue is, is doing too much. Is that like the interview questions? What's your one of your greatest weaknesses? I just do too much. <laughs> yeah, it works so hard. Yeah. I'm such a too hard of a worker. Yeah. I think that some people would be trying to say that as a strength or an attribute, but I can take it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and I think like it's it is about the doing, but I think it, for most it's, it's really what's happening internally, and uh, I think that it's okay for for me. It's healthy for me to to work or to do or to be responsible for a lot of things or in a lot of things and be working to a lot of things. But if internally, if there's a moment where I'm going, I'm doing these things so that Jesus likes me, that's when it's really a mess. 
I think like boundaries is kind of like one of those red flag words for me. Like it's not my, maybe triggering is the right word. It's not my favorite because I think it's like something I'm always trying to figure out is how to have healthy boundaries and how to not be codependent and how to, you know, not be an enabler. Like all of these things are, I think I think about it probably every day. It's just how to not, how to get healthier be healthier in those things and so it was like just in researching it just kind of understand or reading about how a lot of codependency is really based on fear and fear of rejection and fear of not being loved or fear of abandonment and like mm. even talking about it, it's not my favorite like i can feel <laughs> the emotions but like all the fears behind why we don't set boundaries or healthy yeah. boundaries and why it's really hard to keep healthy boundaries. And even once you say you have a boundary, it's hard, it's easy for me to um, waver on that or decide to, you know, just compromise or give up, let go. Like anytime there's like a little pushback on a boundary, like it's pretty easy for me to just wanna fold and mm. quit. Do you feel that? Yeah. And I think, okay, here's the thing though that I think might be maybe something similar because we have similar similarities. Similarities. I think that it's because I have like just been like talked so like so much self-doubt that it's mm -hmm. like maybe that was a stupid boundary. Yeah. Or maybe yeah. that wasn't necessary. Maybe it was like I was too extreme on it. So it's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I will compromise. Maybe it's not that big of a deal. And so it's hard to like be able to like read the room. Like, is this actually a healthy boundary or am I also doing this out of fear actually? Yeah. Like, yeah. and then it like feeds itself. Yeah. And there's some dysfunctional family types I was reading about. And one of the things that it talks about with dysfunctional families, whether it's alcoholism or narcissism or whatever is making a family dysfunctional, um, like big, big D dysfunctional, not like we all have a little dysfunction, right? <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh. All right. Um, this is the moment when the I need someone to help me. <laughs> yeah. um, but like one of the things I was reading about was how we we don't always know what normal is because yeah, sure. nobody we do do we do, do. We, we do know what normal <laughs> is, but normal is not is measured inside of ourselves, not totally. yeah. But I don't think that like adult children of alcoholics or no. nurse, like I legit, like I remember feeling this, um, like maybe newly married, um, just not really knowing what, what was normal, mm. what is healthy, what does a healthy family look like? And having to really define that on my own, because mm. like, I, like there's some dumb things, like knowing how to clean certain things that I go, oh, I don't think I know how to do that well. Mm. And like, I mean, so that's like a dumb thing, but like, not dumb, I guess, but like, I do feel like there was just a lot of relearning as an adult to define what, what actually does normal or healthy even mean. So. Yeah. My background in generations of agricultural world where the lines of where life and vocation and passions and all these things are very blurry and mm -hmm. starting and stopping is not the right thing uh, it's also there's a huge amount of parallel to that into the into ministry world mm -hmm. and because uh, <clears throat> there are and it's not 
definitely not confined to those two things, but there's many moments when you just go, uh, well, I, I have to do this right now, because if I don't do this, then I mean, it's, it's not just going to disappear. I have to address this or whatever. And for sure, that's very tangible in the agricultural world, but it's also very tangible in the ministry world. But I also, I mean, I've met probably hundreds of pastor's kids through the years, and I often ask pastor's kids, uh, especially the ones that seem very well adjusted and healthy, you yeah. know, how did, what happened to you? Why aren't you a messed up pastor's kid? <laughs> and uh, after they, usually their comment is, oh, you have to get to know me a little better. Yeah. <laughs> But a comment that. that I've heard so many times, and there, it becomes very specific, is that pastor's kids will say, yeah, all hours of the night, you know, my dad or my mom was, you know, they were going to the hospital, they were doing those things, they, they went nonstop. And um, there's, it's a different context. I mean, I've done probably eight hospital visits in 16 years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I think a good measure of you know what is the normal that you're living is to ask somebody who lives with you. Kids are pretty honest. And so, yeah. Anyway, don't worry, Rachel. Your kids are going to be perfect. They aren't going to need any counseling. <laughs> <laughs> that neurotic need of trying to be healthy. That's yeah. not going to wear down on them at all. We're going to be healthy if it kills us or not. <laughs> I think that that's like really true in a lot of different. Okay, so sorry, I'm like backtracking and I didn't say how, but I was just thinking. Thinking of trying to like figure out what normal is, is it also in like ministry or church setting, in any kind of situation, is like if it's your first time in ministry or if it's your first time in this setting, you don't even know what normal is. Yep. And so that's really hard to do and like gauge off of, of like, am I actually doing this well or healthy? Or is this actually just a time of crisis where we have to just like buckle down and we just don't have boundaries in this moment, whatever that like looks like or means, but like we have to just get this done or we have to just serve like this person is dying. This marriage is in crisis and like whatever we said, we'd step up. And so I think that that's really hard to like kind of hold on to like those truths of like your boundaries because you don't know what normal is in that moment. Yeah. And I think of that a lot, like when you're saying like pastor's kids, I'm like, literally, how do you come out on stage? Like, how do you survive that? Because like the norm that I've heard is that they're not okay. And so I'm like, that shouldn't be, that's so not good. The normal isn't healthy. Yeah, right. So I'm like, oh, so that's maybe not a good thing that we should be, I don't know. But also when it's normal, it's like, why haven't you changed anything there? Yeah. I think we talked a little bit about this um, in the last couple of weeks, it's just, when um when that crisis happens it's easy to feel like that's normal and then like going back to normal afterwards feels lazy i don't know yeah so it's hard to re-figure out what it's hard to figure re-figure all that out like when it ebbs and flows it's hard to find the yeah we're as a team uh because of build out and a bunch of projects in the summer and Greg being on sabbatical, you're on figuring it out too. We're as a team, we're trying to figure out what what is normal again. Yeah. And and normal is not unhealthy can be going back to normal to what recreating what was unhealthy before. Mm-hmm. And that's the same thing in, in family or in boundaries or whatever. You know, I think of Kim like you said, 
you know, Jesus, when he's talking to the religious authorities about the Sabbath, which is a boundary of, of rest and dependence and trust on God, taking that moment of rest. But Jesus goes, listen, if your donkey fell in a hole on the, on the Sabbath, wouldn't you rescue them? Uh, to making the point, again, that the Sabbath is for us. Boundaries are for us, but you know, we're not for the boundaries. Yeah. And uh, so to, to struggle to feel the weight of that, and I, th I think I did some writing this morning on like to build some understanding out of the extremes and it's so, um, the impact of being responsible to and for everything in the world, no one, I don't think anyone would say that's the right way to do it. But I think there are, and I did the poor interpretation of scripture game, there are a bunch of scriptures that people twist to feel like they have to do everything and be for everything and help everyone. There's no exception, whether I know them or not, or the situation is beyond my control or above me or not, I, it's up to me. Otherwise, I'm a bad person and God hates me. And uh, I think most people would say, yeah, that's probably not healthy. And then on the other end of it, there's a bunch of, again, twisting, out of contexting scripture about how, you know, we're, how we're, you know, God's beloved and his yoke is easy and, and all these things. Like, that means I'm, I'm not responsible for anything other than myself. It's just up to me. And I think most people would say, well, it might not be it either. But that leads us to a moment of going, well, if it's not having to do everything or you're hated by God or hated by others or whatever, and doing nothing, and if, if it's not either of those, then what in the world is a healthy boundary? I think something like you and in this conversation that's standing out to me is sometimes a healthy boundary for one person looks really different yes. than a healthy boundary for another person. And those can quickly collide, yep. you know, and how do we and I think even navigate we, those moments? We're going to do the, there's a, a stress test thing, <laughs> but I think that not only is a boundary different for different people, but I think a boundary for me today is a different than a boundary for me on July 20th. Mm -hmm. Sure. And uh, um, again, as somebody who can, not, I think it's just very common in everybody, is that you can say, I can figure out a way that I was either successful in both or I was a failure in both. Mm -hmm. Probably the failure is the easiest. So I blew the boundary then and I'm blowing the boundary now. It's kind of like when you have a moment of things slowing down and you feel like, I'm so lazy. Like, mm -hmm. uh, maybe you're just, again, readjusting your boundaries. Yeah. I love the concept of atrophy because, <clears throat> again, I think that one thing that we talked about in preparation for this is the, um, to use a filter of, like, am I doing things that, that are helping others or am I doing things, like that, again, that it's either, is it about me or is it about them? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's like the moment when you're, I was letting letting them live in my basement and eat all of my food for their own good. Well, really, was it for their own for yeah. their good, that kind of thing? But uh, yeah, the people have seen or understand when you remove a cast, there's a bunch of space is kind of a thing that is high in like pop culture slash whatever media right now because there's so much to Mars world right now. And uh, But a lot of writing is on... You know, like sure we can get there, but will will somebody be able to go to Mars 
for a 600-day space trip to come back and be able to live here on Earth again mm -hmm. is really a question. And because if you remove all resistance, it's helped cardiovascular, your skeletal system, all, your muscles, and all these things just really like implode when there's microgravity. And, and so I think that when we don't have good boundaries in relationship with other people and other scenarios, we are like a microgravity to people. And then all of a sudden, like I think the cliche moment is a moment when you have been carrying somebody along, like microgravity or a cast, and finally you have like a break, you have your own breakdown. Oh, I can't do this anymore. I hate you and all of this responsibility. And you just like throw them, throw everybody to the ground. And all of a sudden they're, you know, there's pain because of that broken relationship, but then there's also incredible pain that they go, I can't stand myself. Yeah. And so, great, I killed myself trying to do this all for you, and I've killed you in the way and the process of doing it. And uh, as we think about boundaries, it can't be a moment of just like, what is, what is how much, how much can I do? How much, what should I not do, but rather, you know, what is the impact, sure, on you, but what is the impact on others has got to be there. I don't remember what exactly the topic was, but it was at retreat last year, and you talked a little bit about, like, personal responsibility, and just, like, carrying somebody, carrying yourself, when is, what's the line, and, like, so much of that feels like this, like, yep. just, where... Like when we talk about boundaries and we talk about personal responsibility and then taking on somebody else's personal responsibility and how that hurts them, like you said. Yeah. And um, I always think like in just processing enabling, like there's always, there's consequences to actions, no matter what, good, bad, there's always consequences. And it's who, who ends up taking on those consequences. And when I look at like enabling with like just, you know, families or whatever, um, like when somebody that's the enabler is constantly taking on the consequences, the person, the other person doesn't have to take them on until, like you said, yeah. all of a sudden they can't stand on their own. And it's, yeah. it might be the long term consequence, but like, it's still there. You just yeah. don't, and you don't see it maybe for a long time. I love it that Jesus is so, like his example, like when he sends out the 72, it's like, Good luck. Don't even bring anything. You'll be fine. <laughs> two by two. <laughs> and then, you know, on, you know, that's kind of the same tone with a rich young ruler. You know, it's like, let some walk away. It's like, you're right. It is hard to come and follow me. Uh, I don't, I have, to, I have a lot of things to get rid of. All right. Well, don't think about that for a while. Uh, you know, Jesus sleeping. In the boat when the storm happens, but then there's some other end of it. Is that goes? You know, he asks the disciples, "Did they wake him up? Don't you care that we're about to die?" And Jesus goes, "Why are you afraid?" But then he calms the storm, and uh, which is, I think, is again, it's a huge, huge thing that he did calm the storm. You know, the two guys that were blind, uh, they were came to Jesus, and Jesus goes, "What do you want?" And he he then does heal them. Uh, he uh, he. The woman who has the issue of, of bleeding, you know, she just reaches out and touches him, and, and even without her or his, again, it's what a complex story, but without his engagement in that moment, he's meeting her need. Mm -hmm. So that there's like, it's all over the map. And so I think when you talk about like setting a rule, uh, I think that's 
I'm, I will just do this for people. Yeah. That's going to burn you. Mm -hmm. And you. Mm -hmm. And on the other end of it, too, when you say it, I just, I'm in this season where I really can't do stuff for people. Ugh. Yeah. That's, that's going to burn you, too. It's hard. It's hard to figure out sometimes, I think. Which is, I think, is hopefully is the goal of what we do as a church, as a community, at our gatherings, is that uh, if you're looking for, like, here's what you need to do with this, this is definitely one of those moments where if, if we just gave the answer, it would be wrong for everybody. <laughs> yeah. But the tools to be able to process what... What is in my what is my boundary in this season uh, with this person in this moment at this time, uh, and then the great you talk, You've written quite a bit, and you this is something that you've talked about quite a bit over the years. Even is this idea of the difference between burnout and selfishness, and I think it's like such a great spot to even just like wrap in this conversation because you can just say, you know, set your boundaries so that you don't hurt yourself and don't hurt others. So let's leave it at that. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think there's, uh, if you're not careful, your boundaries can be about, all about, like, if I, my boundaries could be all about me and what I want, not necessarily what I need, uh, or boundaries can be set to help everybody. So, like, if you and I have a healthy relationship, that's good for you and that's good for me. Uh, and so, I just think, I don't know, the burnout thing was interesting as I was trying to wrap my head around it because I'm not typically a person that feels burnout, whatever that feels like. Uh, but there's a lot of interesting things about how, uh, like when burnout happens, when the hope disappears. So like if you're in a job and you're just like, things are never going to get better. This sucks. That's usually, that leads a lot to burnout. Or when you feel like you're doing that in isolation, that can really lead to burnout. Like I think loss of hope exists when there's loss of community in something and so i think that's actually what like people in our world are experiencing a lot is uh people are lonely which causes them to think that there's no hope for things which causes them to feel burnout even when there's the workload isn't a ton yeah like i think we joke often about you know college students who just like i had to work 20 hours this week i'm so burnt out and i i don't it's probably has less to do with the workload and more to do with just the realities of uh, unhealthy boundaries in life, unhealthy relationships with people, that type of thing. But yeah, I think it's important to, to try to discover where, where those things are coming from. Uh, you talk about selfishness, like talk about that a little bit, is that when you're, the difference between selfless and selfish and helping others and I can remember you wrote that. Uh, I mean, I, I think I've said it to this group a bunch of times, and I don't remember exactly what it was that I wrote, but like, like self-help is a big thing that That's makes self. me feel nauseous sometimes, <laughs> because a lot of times self, I just, I, I think what I wrote or what you're referring to is I wrote something like, uh, self-help without sacrifice is just self-indulgence, yeah. and it's mm -hmm. just like, often people are like really into self-help, and it ends up just being like, more time at the TV and getting massages and all these things that don't actually require self-sacrifice versus like the good things for us in life are 
you know, making better food choices and making better choices about where we spend our time and energy and maybe reading a book instead of watching TV. Like those all require sacrifice. And that is, I think that's true self-help is when you are making sacrifice for the betterment of yourself and those around you. So I think we have a really bad definition of self-help or self-health just culturally. Yeah, Yeah, because if uh, healthy boundaries is just leads to a moment where I'm I'm very healthy, and if I'm very healthy, it was done by just everything the world revolving around you. Yeah, and it's it's hard because like I think one thing I've learned a lot over the last eight years is that uh, in order to actually be helpful to the people around me, I need I need to be healthy. Like I need to yeah. have taken care of myself because if I'm just at my wit's end. Uh, I just won't emotionally and physically be able to help those around me or be present with those people. So it is hard. It, you have to like really analyze yourself in those moments. But I hope I hope I'm getting better at it. Yeah. Well, the goal in the, all of this in this conversation too is not that you just people would have an aha moment like perfect. I've got this figured out for the rest of my life. But that is an unrealistic expectation. But. Uh, but it has to be brought to the surface. There's a reason why this is in the topics wise. This was our number two most common thing that was asked about. And uh, if, if we don't navigate this well, life will be incredibly, not just painful, but will be, it'll be hurting yourself and hurting others. And if we do navigate this well, this isn't, is not a guarantee of just like euphoria, but it's a, it can be a process that when the wind and waves of life come, that we'll be able to stand. And that being able to stand is an important thing and helping others to do the same. Yep. Thanks, guys. Have a great week.